Welcome to a new episode of the Tennis Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Gianluca Sola. In this episode, I interview Nick Margiasso. Um, I've been following Nick for several years on Twitter. Um, I've been following his, uh, his sort of tennis journey and um, very exciting uh, to see all the experiences he's been doing. Um, right now, uh, currently, Nick is the head men's and women's tennis coach of New Jersey City University. Um, he basically has started this uh, tennis program from scratch, um, and uh, it sounds uh, very exciting since uh, it's going to be a brand new uh, program for, for the university. Uh, there's going to be lots of challenges, and I think he's really looking forward to, to, to get going. Unfortunately, with the, with the whole pandemic and virus, uh, um, as, uh, what's happened is actually many colleges have, have uh, decided to cut uh, their budget for, for athletic um, programs, and including tennis. So there's a lot of cuts there, but uh, New Jersey City University has decided to sort of go the opposite route and, and start, start from scratch with Nick. So good luck there. I'm sure he's going to do extremely well. Um, other things Nick has done in the past, uh, he's also coached other um, teams, other um, divisions, including U.S. Sciences in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, he was also um, an assistant coach for the Savannah College of Art and Design, known as SCAD, for both the men's and women's teams. Um, he's also uh, played on the pro circuit for a while, uh, coached. Uh, another very interesting thing, um, experience, uh, tennis uh, um, experiences, he um, led the Nightingale Bamford School, which uh, is, a, is a very prestigious New York City school, to an undefeated season in 2017 and 18. Uh, he's also owned, um, for about six years, he's owned and operated his own tennis and media company. Um, with that, he's had um, short coach, coaching stints uh, and media services. He's done media services also for, for pros and junior tennis players, including uh, Nick Kyrgios, uh, Ryan Harrison, and uh, Chris Eubanks, amongst others. Um, we unfortunately spoke mostly about his uh, college um, tennis career and uh, what he's up to currently but uh, it would be nice to actually talk to him again and uh, get a bit more insight with his um, experience and uh, relationship with uh, Nick Kyrgios for example that could be that could be very interesting um, he also handled some public relations for the ATP the Atlanta Open and the USTA and um yeah, no, he's a great guy, uh, full of uh, personality. I really enjoyed um, um, talking to him and, you know, maybe we'll get to chat again. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and by the way, um, the interview towards the very end when I have my rapid fire quiz, um, there was a um, tornado um, warning. Um, so uh, not on my side, but on his side. So um, we got cut off. And um, we could only finish the interview again the following day. So um, don't worry. Um, I've sort of edited a bit out. You'll see it's a bit um, 
it, 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 it might not flow as, as great uh, towards the end, but I like to leave things quite raw as they are and not sort of make them all nice and pretty. So um, don't worry about that, uh, but it's a great interview and enjoy. Ciao, ciao. Bye. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, just uh, uh, was a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, pick, got our first international uh, student in for the fall semester, came in yesterday. And so just the process okay. of getting, uh, getting him all set up uh, sort of all yesterday and late night and then very early morning because obviously he's on a you know six-hour delay from us. So he's up super early. He's going to sleep. Uh, early so just trying to make sure he's all worked out <laughs> okay great i i just want to just for the listeners um my guest today is uh nick margiasso um i just want to give a brief um brief introduction um, you said that name I... so well <laughs> <laughs> well you know that's one of the few good um, things of being italian you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, Nick is, um, I've, I've actually known Nick, um, through Twitter. I, um, started following you, uh, quite a few years ago, I think it's must be two or three years ago. And, um, it's, I think basically because obviously you, you, you were, you are in tennis, you were a tennis coach and also because I think you had some interest, some um, music, um, soccer, and, and other stuff that sort of are my interests as well. So um, um, all the great was things one of in the... life. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's how it started. And when I started following you, um, I remember you were an assistant coach, uh, tennis coach at um, the Savannah um, College of Arts and Design. Yeah, and. Um, after that, you moved to U.S. Sciences in Philadelphia, where you were a head coach um, for the men's and, and women's tennis team. Yep. And currently now uh, you are in, um, well, you're the, the head coach in, um, for the men's and, and women's tennis team in uh, New Jersey City University. So, yeah, um, yeah I've followed you through this, uh, <laughs> through this process and... Um, yeah, you've always got um, really interesting things to say. Also, I must add before that, um, I see you were you were obviously a tennis coach, and you also had your own tennis and media company, and you did also some public relations for for the ATP and some some other events. Um, yeah. So yeah, you've uh, you've had um, um, quite an interesting t uh, in tennis background. But um, for our listeners, maybe can you just uh, give us a brief um, background, uh, how you got into tennis and uh, like your tennis journey. Yeah, I mean, I picked it up sort of, I picked it up a little late. Um, I sort of uh, was like a lot of other kids, like wanted to play football and baseball and basketball because those were the, over here, at least in America, those are the famous sports. Um, but as luck would have it, I really liked those sports, but I was actually gifted in tennis. So I continue to play it sort of a little bit to my chagrin. And then you start to realize that, uh, you know, as you get a little bit, tennis is a little bit more of a cerebral sport, if I may say. So like, as you mature, you tend to get a little bit better at it and you tend to realize like the game sort of 
helps explain different things and helps you kind of off the court, you know, with your mental aspect and sort of, you know, kind of finally fell in love with it, went and, uh, went and played, uh, walked on at USF, um, which is a, uh, nowadays is a perennial, you know, top 40 D1 tennis school since I left, <laughs> I should say. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, before we got yeah. like pretty good where we are now, I sort of was at the start of, of them, you know, sort of getting a little bit of recognition and sort of had a, a you know, like I tell my kids a lot. Uh, and one of the reasons it's funny how ironic you end up at college College was when I sort of burned out on tennis, and I sort of, after walking on at USF, I just sort of quit cold turkey and didn't play tennis anymore um, for okay. a few years. And uh, so basically at the time, and then at the time, you know, a few years after, or like basically right after I graduated, a couple years after I graduated, at the time when most kids were giving up their tennis to go be a professional, I sort of was like, you know what, I don't think I gave this enough of a chance um, and then started training really hard with a, an amazing coach um, and a, uh, a guy who just left his position, but he sort of built up the program at Missouri. Uh, his name's Colt Gaston. Uh, he's an NCAA doubles champion at LSU. Uh, and okay. he, yeah, I sort of hooked up with him. I mean, to be honest, I, I got lucky. We sort of hit it off. But at the time he was, at the time he started to kind of coach me a little bit as, as kind of a friend and on the side. He was coaching Michael Venus, who is a, a French Open doubles uh, finalist or champion and was coaching Ryan yeah. Harris, who's an Olympian. Oh, okay. I, I sort of lucked out. And honestly, his, his the, my time spent with him, not only did it get me to play on the ITF Challenger circuit for a year, um, but he really changed the way that I thought about tennis and what you could do out there because I was sort of one of those guys – um, I sort of think of myself in the Rocky aspect, which you understand as an Italian. Uh, I, I was sort of the guy who didn't have on paper the talent, but I, I would do absolutely anything to squeeze out all the juice out of my orange to, to be able to do, okay. you know what I'm saying? To try to, to yeah. get every, everything I could while I was out there. So, and, that, and, and he sort of helped me be like, hey, listen, and this is something I yeah. still do to say to the kids to this day. You know, you don't have to be the best player out there. You don't have to be the most talented player out there. You've just gotta, you've just gotta be smarter. You've gotta work harder, and and you've gotta want it, want it worse than the yeah. other guy. You can do anything you want. And he sort of changed, yeah. yeah. He sort of changed me in that way of thinking. And I always sort of kept coaching on the outside of the periphery for me. Um, and then I went to school for PR and communications and decided, hey, you know, uh, you know, I love tennis. How can I get in the game? And sort of started making connections and worked, uh, you know, with with guys like Greg Sharko, who's the head of ATP Communications, um, and uh, you know, worked with doing PR for some of the tournaments. And what was funny is when the tournament came to town, and Colt uh, was still doing like coaching on the side, guys like Ryan Harrison, they would come into town and he would coach them for that time, and I got to hang around and be like a hitting partner slash like coach you know obviously when players travel if they're not a top 100 player they don't necessarily have the money to travel with a coach so if you're in the area yeah. and they trust you and they know you you can be the coach for that period of time while they're at the tournament and was lucky enough to do that for a couple of years uh you know sort of kicking along with colt um and and uh, honestly it sort of led to me starting the company which i said hey you know who is able uh, you know a lot of times if you want 
help in the media realm. And then you also need a hitting partner slash coach for a week. Those two things don't mm. intersect really, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was able to sort of offer something that nobody else was to do both of okay. those things for like short stints. And honestly, that's how I hooked up with, uh, I mean, still to this day that gets me, helps me in recruiting. Um, I, I hooked up eventually the pinnacle was I hooked up with Nick Kyrgios for his first uh, ATP title um, okay. and did yeah. PR from, right before he sort of caught fire, you know, right before he sort of caught fire as the big, you know, the new John McEnroe that, rock and roll that, tennis star. That, that was uh, Atlanta, am I correct? Yeah, 2016 yeah. Atlanta, he beat John Isner in the final. Um, and we, okay. yeah, we had a great, obviously I was, I was a little younger. He was obviously extremely young and we had a great time. Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing people I'm sure see with Nick. Um, and then some of the people in tennis talk about is he's the nicest guy and the coolest kid and just a great person. Yeah. It was so, it was so fun to be honest. Some people just don't want to be told what to do. You know I mean? Ask John McEnroe, you know, that's why they get along. He, you know, if to coach him, you can't be telling him what to do. You have to sort of have a fluid suggestion and, and be having a nice time and a friendship with him. And that's how it works. It doesn't work as a guy dictating stuff to him. And once that happened, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I sort of caught the bug and I was like, honestly, if I could be doing this at this level, uh, I can't think of anything better than this. And I sort of backed out of the backed out from one side of the game, you know, behind the curtain doing PR and jumped back into the coaching. And because of some of the resume I had put together, you know, at the ATP 250s with guys like Nick Kyrgios, I sort of jumped in and got the. Um, I actually took over a top one of the top prep programs in the nation uh, at a super super um, prestigious um, academy in in the Upper West Side of New York City called Nightingale Bamford. It's actually the school okay. that the series Gossip Girl is based on. Little known fact. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and so went there. Yeah, yeah. We, won, we went undefeated in New York City. We went undefeated for the first time. We won. And right from there, SCAD noticed me, and I went to SCAD and started out in college, which was the only place I hadn't been yet. And the rest is sort of history leading up to here. Brought, brought, brought you to, to here. No, that's that's amazing. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about um, – recently I actually read that article. Uh, I think it's the New Jersey Herald uh, about you. Um, yeah, the record, Basically it uh, said record. that um, – yeah, while many colleges are like right now cutting uh, tennis programs and, and dropping athletic programs due to the budget cuts, um, New Jersey City University is, is kind of going the other way. It's, it's launching a tennis program from scratch, and obviously you're the, the, the man behind it. Um, yeah. Does, um, is, is, well, two questions. Um, is, is it really bad, the, the programs? Are they cutting a lot of tennis um, college programs right now? And the second one is, um, well, what, what made you join um, New Jersey City University? Was it the, the challenge of, uh, of, of starting something from scratch? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a real testament to uh, New Jersey City University that they've committed to adding tennis for the first year. And there's been a pandemic. The world is, you know, the locusts are here. Volcanoes are exploding. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's the end. <laughs> yeah. And and NJCU, you know, the athletic director, Sean Tucker, um, the president, Sue Henderson, um, and all the other great people that work at NJCU in athletics and, and outside in the university, um, they've sort of committed to push through. And, and 
you know, makes me feel very humble that they've, they decided that I was, you know, worthy of the task. And, uh, I hope so far I've, I've sort of shown that, that I am, you know, that's the thing with me is I try to be, you know, uh, I try to be the nicest guy I can try to be a super humble guy, but like my confidence level, like I, I know, I know, I have no doubt that we can, we can compete for, you know, a championship in our first year. I, I really think that, you know, being able to recruit and being able to identify talent, like it really sets me apart from some other people. And I think it was just a marriage made in heaven. Uh, back to this first part of that question. I mean, if you, if you, for people who haven't followed, like it is really, it's really bad on the college landscape just because, okay. you know, think COVID, you know, if you can't leave your house and you can't go live on campus, you can't really have a college, <laughs> you know, semester. Yeah without kids, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, and without kids yeah. to feed and house and have some of those funds, colleges, you know, you know, tennis mm -hmm. is a great sport and it's a super cool professional uh, entity, but on the college level, like it's not exactly like tennis is the Amazon of, of, yeah. of businesses. We're not bringing in a ton of money. Um, you know, yeah. we don't charge, you know, you may pay a hundred dollars to go to the US Open, but you don't pay a hundred dollars to go in an NJCU tennis match, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, at the D1 level, if you can't play football, you know, something like that where they bring in so much money, the football money trickles down to all the other sports. So if there's mm. no football and there's no March Madness, there's no basketball, there's no money for anybody else to, and, to you know, to drive around. The and country they need and to cut somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So so that's it. So they they've been cutting a lot of. Uh, you know, programs all over. And I feel bad. I know a lot of kids who programs are being cut. Um, the kid that just flew in yesterday, Theo Bourgel from France, he's a D1 star in, at D1 and his program at Wright State, a D1 team, they got cut. And we sort of, you know, he's coming to NJCU as a D1, a D1 guy who could play with the best, you know, best of players. Who's one of the top juniors in France. Um, he's, he's over here because we were just talked about it yesterday. Like, you know, you never know what's going to happen, right? Like he was going to be at this D1 program. And now because of a pandemic, which you can't forecast, yeah. he's over here with us. So we're lucky. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also trying to make sure I'm identifying those guys, uh, you know, because because it, it's unfortunate, but it also, you know, out of a, at every at a, every cloud, there's a silver lining. And the, the silver lining can the, be, you know, like I'm telling these kids, being a part yeah. of a program and a university where they're moving forward right now, uh, as opposed yeah. to sort of, being scared and cutting things and, and doing things like that. So uh, it's just been a, a blessing be a, and an awesome experience so far. And we haven't even dropped a tennis ball yet, so it's only going to get better. <laughs> okay. And and what would be your goal with the, the team? Um, do you have like a, a, a long-term goal or a short-term goal? What what goal would you this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, said, yeah. Uh, like I said, like I said, you know, um, you know, some people, I think you had mentioned briefly, like when I, when I talked to people, when I came to NJCU for a lot of people starting a program from scratch before a pandemic sounds like a super hard feat. But for me, like, I think it's just an, a completely unique opportunity. How often can you say that, um, you know, you started something yeah. from scratch and are going to be there and set your own standards and set, you know, your own culture and have a bunch of people from day one where you're sort of a family and you start that, start that way. And it just carries on, you know, over, over the course of history, I, you know, I think we're hoping. Um, but for us, you know, like I, I tell people part of the reason that I was able, you know, to be 
successful and get back into coaching when I was doing ATP stuff is I just have the, one of my, my talents is sort of the ability to sort of assess and make some changes at a very quick pace. So okay. a lot of these kids coming in who, you know, are, are maybe transfers or they were, you know, unsatisfied with programs they were at, um, or they may not be, you know, like I tell kids all the time, I don't want the best, I don't need the top 10 best ranked UTR players mm. what i want is 10 guys who really want to be or 10 guys or girls who really want to be together enjoy the experience root for one another they want to find things in their game they want to work on things and so uh, you know there's yeah. a lot of kids who who you know coaches wouldn't take because their utr so to speak is so low but to me just yeah. watching their videos i'm like oh this guy has these you know again you're looking at him instead of criticizing them in a negative way you're saying oh i see the possibilities in in stroke yeah. A, stroke B, stroke C, and we're going to sort of hone those. Right. And sort yeah. of hone those yeah. and, and turn those into, you know, strengths. And um, I really think yeah. we're in a, we're in a conference where the conference has played tennis for 20 years and the team, there's a one team in the conference who has won 20 titles every single time. They've never lost a conference match. Uh, and okay. I, I, I really believe we're going to have the opportunity to beat them year one. And I think after a couple of years, <laughs> I think we're going to be the new top dogs, uh, not only in, in New Jersey and Jersey City, but in D3 and, and all of the nation. I mean, we've got some really great players and some guys who really want to get better and have the ability to. So, Okay, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to, to, to follow that. Um, yep. Yeah. The, the, I mean, as you, I had a few questions. I know I've sort of asked them before um, to you, but... Um, as a father with, with kids who do play tennis, um, we are kind of, I mean, it's difficult to say in these times, but we're also kind of looking at that route um, of, of going to a, applying for a, a college uh, in the US. Um, yeah. When you recruit, um, what do you look at? I think you might have just answered that previously, but it's um, what, what are the main, like if you had to say two or three things that, you look at what what would be your top things yeah i think and again like part of it as well as you know i'm taught we're talking a lot about tennis but like at this level like they're called student athletes for a reason right like you're you're coming here to be a student you're going to college to to work on your academic so i think like yeah. sometimes kids when they're young obviously you know you think about you're a dreamer and when you were 15 16 you you were still pretty confident you were about to be number one in the world and win in Wimbledon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So not to yeah. say we're trying to crush those dreams, but um, to try to think yeah. about like, hey, this isn't like a tennis academy. You have to pick, <laughs> yeah. right, you have to pick, I mean, yeah. it is it is for that compartmentalized piece, but like you have to look at it from, hey, what do I really like to do in life? How can, sure. that, yeah. how can that be a progress of uh, a tract of education? So you've got to find a place, um, you know, for instance, being at SCAD, you know, NJCU is a little bit more of a division one institute where they're huge and we do everything. But sometimes, you know, yeah. there's, you know, for instance, at SCAD, there's kids who very specifically want to be fashion designers or they know yeah. they want to do is, you know, I remember when I was there, they yeah. started a perfume program. Man, if you've got the specific okay. enough dream to be a perfumist, you know what you want to do. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> okay. you, you know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. go to, you know, yeah. you can't go to yeah. University of Florida and be a perfumist. You've got to specifically go to a place that has that. So Certain I think, places. Yeah. right, 
Yeah, you can't go to Ohio and be a marine biologist. It's not going to work for you. You know what I'm saying? So okay, yeah. You have to. And, and I also think. Um, sorry, I also think if 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 I mean I, I think as kids grow older, they kind of realize their level in tennis quite quickly after sixteen, seventeen. And I think you know in in college tennis, I, I'm I don't know that much about it. It's a bit foreign to us here, but it seems to me un, unless you're in like position one, in in a in a D1 top 30 university college etc the chances of maybe going pro is is pretty it's extremely slim it's maybe it's a longer yeah. answer and I'm kind of a tennis nerd so I can get deep into it but just as an example yeah. um it's yeah. not always the case so uh like for instance uh, so I SCAD was in the NAIA which when you look at it is the fourth rung right it's the lowest rung if you just look at it on paper D1 D2 yeah. D3 NAIA but that's actually not the case because uh, when I was at SCAD, I had the number one uh, female in the nation, um, and she's she was from um, from Thailand, and she decided she could go pro. She literally was so good, she okay. destroyed she destroyed her opposition immediately, and is just an absolute shark out there. But she wanted to okay. specifically design clothing. And okay. just as much okay. as she wanted to play tennis, she wanted to be a clothing designer. So All right. she decided to go to SCAD. And honestly, like, she goes, plays tournaments. And she, you know, in in the summer circuit, like, she beats girls who are going to go pro. And um, okay. I think, uh, you know, if you don't know the name of the team, uh, Georgia Gwinnett is a team we played at SCAD. Georgia Gwinnett has the, I think, the, pro, the amateur sports and maybe all of sports record I think they currently are on a hundred and thirty something match winning streak. Uh, okay. And well, their their number one player, like one of my favorite stories to tell guys, is their number one player over there. What, imagine go, this guy going to have a you know a coach at Georgia Gwinnett College, which nobody has heard of. His personal coach was Guillermo Coria. Oh, <laughs> okay. Grand, All right. Slam winner. <laughs> so. Okay. It, uh, Again, yeah. it just just like very specifically, you find out where you want to go, and and it may you may go somewhere to you know a college degree. Again, like tennis now is is tennis going to be able to pay for your whole life? You know these these people can go pro, but yeah. are they going to be able to earn enough? No, so you need to get a degree as well. And so sometimes you can do both of those things, and uh, and then decide you know afterwards. You know, obviously it's an incubator for four years of high level competition, so anything can happen when you get out of it. So. Okay. And, okay. And as um, if you are, I mean, if you, if you're not from the U.S., um, it can be a bit confusing. What, what is the main difference between the divisions? I mean, what what is a division one, two, and three? What what is there something specific that differentiates them? Yeah. So a very quick and dirty way to to put it is D one is sort of the biggest, the big money, the giant schools, tons of kids, thirty thousand kids. Uh, okay. D2 is smaller colleges. D3 is generally academic driven colleges. And then NAIA, okay. oh, actually joke, NAIA we call the Wild West because the NAIA doesn't have as many rules. So, uh, okay. Right. So, like, <laughs> right. you know, for instance, there are people who went and played pro on a certain level and then they're like, well, now they can't play NCAA. Well, you can go play some NAIA. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's kind of the quick and dirty. Yeah. Okay. And and if uh, and if you're a player who's 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 considering 
this is more a question that I, for my personal interest, if, if you're considering to apply for a um, college, a tennis scholarship, a college, etc., there's a ton of agencies out there. Is it worthwhile using an agency or is it better to apply directly to the coach? It's, that's a, that's a very tough question to answer. So like from my perspective, there's, I pro, there's probably 50% of agencies that I literally refuse to talk to no matter how good the player is, because honestly, the morals and the way they do things, it's like a used car salesman and they don't care okay. about the kid. It, it's true. They don't care about the kid. They don't care about the program. They don't care about anything. They're just trying to okay. churn and burn and make some money. And then on the other hand, you get less access, right? The, if you're just a, if you're just, you know, John Thompson, and you just send a random email, the coach doesn't know yeah. your name. He doesn't know where you're coming from. Honestly, he doesn't know if it's spam. You know, for for all he knows. Yeah. So okay. it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. a hard question to answer. Um, the way I sort of look at it is, pick, you know, maybe make some tiers of. Hey, these are the places. These are the the ten places I really want to go to. These are ten more places I I you know also am kind of interested in. And these are ten places close to my house or close to a region where I know a, a, an uncle or an aunt. Email those thirty people. If you don't get one email back, you may want to look into somebody or ask around somebody you know from an academy at college. Ask them, hey, did you use somebody? Can you give me his information? Can I talk to him? And if you make a good connection. Uh, you know, there's two or there, you know, I get a lot of, I specifically try to find players who personally put their information out there um, because I think okay. it shows initiative for a, a young man or young woman. Um, but at the same time, there are guys that I know that are great guys that, that you would, you know, you would love to have a dinner with. And you always, you know, you get on the phone and talk about personal matters that are just good guys. And when they send you a person, you know that they check out. So that, so okay. It works both ways, you know. So okay. uh, you can use can, both, really. Yeah. Plus, but that's a good uh, that's a good uh, good advice. Maybe first try it on your own and, and yeah. see how far that gets you, and then uh, maybe try yeah. and get a good agency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you've worked with I I assume with players uh, from lots of different nationalities, um, and uh, yeah, I just was wondering is is there any nationality that struck you as being that you get along with better uh, or that you prefer or that uh, tennis wise they seem to bring bring always good players well i mean me and you both know italians are the best <laughs> <laughs> really i just i no, just i'm not kidding. too sure about that right. <laughs> but, just kidding yeah. just kidding yeah. um, but obviously i mean yeah. the italian players yeah. i've had obviously you know at least for me like i'm not from italy but i'm a couple generations removed and like i studied over there so like i know quite a bit about the culture and like you know i i follow roma and i'm a huge national team fan so like you know, you, you end up having, th you know, the kid comes over and we have like a meatball competition, like, <laughs> you know, like there's oh, certain okay. things you share in common uh, with whatever your own ethnicity is. But I think the best part about tennis and the best part about what I try to do in building my teams that is the most fun is I think the it's almost like making a good stew, right? If you only have soup and chicken, if you only have uh, water yeah. and chicken, it's going to taste pretty bland. But if you throw in carrots and peppers and all different kinds of ingredients it becomes Spices. a more delicious stew you know um okay. 
And honestly, yeah. I think you, it brings out so many fun little uh, idiosyncrasies when you, you know, my team right now is uh, is India, South Africa, France, the Netherlands, Spain, and Russia. You know, and it's like, oh, do, do, do you have a South African? I wasn't aware I of did. that. I finally, I finally uh, got one. I thought you'd be proud of me uh, when I saw you. You know, knowing you're from uh, South Africa, and, I, I might um, know him. Who, who is he? It's a girl. Uh, her name is Lisa McKenzie. Oh uh, no, I don't know. Uh, she's she's uh, probably she's a bit older awesome. as well. Yeah. She's one of those people. Okay. I feel like you know, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, like that. Some of those areas, like. There's certain there's sorts of a certain kind of adventurous spirit that you folks have down there that yeah you, you sort of it sometimes it comes through in one of the kids and you're like man I cannot wait to get this kid on the court and <laughs> you know, this girl called me and she was talking about like she some she can't get coached the proper coaching she just wants to be free out there she wants to have fun and I was like this girl sounds like a fantastic addition. Uh, <laughs> So okay. yeah. Do you know so, if she's from uh, Cape Town, Johannesburg? I, do, do honestly, you know? I've seen some of her pictures and stuff, and like she lives in like a giant farm. Like she's she's pretty like okay. out there as far as like. So I don't think she lives near any major city. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like she, I mean, she okay. was like doing bond. She sent me pictures over the weekend. She had like a bonfire and was like riding a a bull or or a cow or something. And I was like, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, like, I was, that sounds right. Myself, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, man, okay. she's really gonna think a subway looks weird when she gets over here to New Jersey City. <laughs> okay, yeah, you must let me know how she gets along. That 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 will be very interesting. Going yeah. from there to 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 New York is, uh, is uh, yeah, or New Jersey is quite a leap. Um, and I think, and I think yeah. something I try to like convey to kids too is like back to what you're we talking about, like. You know, you have to try to think. I know you maybe haven't experienced, but like, if you're going to New York City, Jersey City, like the Northeast City area, like, you better understand, like, it's pretty heavy of an experience. If you are from a farm, you may want to consider that, like, if you're ready for that. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. On a on a on a different topic. Um. Yeah. On on the um. Well, I'll ask this later, but. I see you, you seem to be a very big sports fan, not, not only tennis. You, you like, I see baseball, um, football, obviously tennis and, and soccer. But there's one thing I noticed, you know, everybody has flaws and, and weaknesses. And you seem to have a very big weakness. Uh, why Manchester United? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'll take that hit. I'll take that shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I on it, it's it's so bad. It's like being a Man U fan. Like you have to have like you have to have an explanation. It's like you're in the, you're in a, a you know a court of law and order to to explain yourself. But it mine's very simple. When I was you know when I the first time I watched United was um when United won the treble in that last minute Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, you know, back yeah. in the nineties, I remember that. To be honest, yeah. I soccer was the only sport that I didn't know about, and when I started to see it, I thought it was pretty cool, and I wanted to get in, get into watching it. And to be honest, there were only two teams that were ever on TV over here when I was a kid, and they were Real Madrid and they were uh, Man United. Manchester. And and okay. you know, I was I was a young kid, and David Beckham was the coolest guy. Uh, you know, okay. he was like a, he was, and then Roy Keane was like a superhero. You know, 
And I just, I sort of fell in love with them. And then that was it. You can't, you know, you can't change your team then. Right. Like, you know, I, well, then I, I mean, there's, there's always room them, for you know? improvement, I say, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, um, also you, you, you are, it seems to me you're very talented. You're, you're like multi-talented, um, something I'm not. But um, I see also. Hey, I, great radio. I was, <laughs> <laughs> but but you are also. Um, I, I actually listened to some of your music. Um, you 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 obviously sing, and you had a band called Sabbatical Year. Um, how did you get into that? Uh, do you play any instruments? And uh, and by the way, I mean. It sounds like you could have done really well. Uh, I quite enjoy. It's not. Um, it's not exactly my type of music, but I appreciate it. I like it. And um, yeah, how did you get into music? Well, I mean, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, you know, it's one of those hobbies that a lot of people have, and um, it's almost like you know, if you're a painter or something, like if you have the passion for it, like it's something you just love to do, and you don't necessarily do it for a career to make money or anything. It's just something you enjoy to do in your, in your free time and, and your spare time or with friends or, um, but I, I sing, I write songs, um, and I play piano and, and drums. Um, and I always messed around like everybody else, uh, you know, and then, um, just kind of got around with the right group of guys and it was a hobby. Um, and then I had a career doing the PR stuff from uh, on my own where, I didn't necessarily have an office to go into or like a schedule to keep same thing with tennis, coaching tennis. Like it's whenever you set up the, you know, the, the, the training times, it's not, it's not a nine to five job in an office. Um, so I had the time to do it and it got more serious and we were, we were, you know, I had, there were some uh, talented guys I worked with who were very sort of uh, knew a lot about software and music software. And we built our own studio and bought our own stuff and, uh, recorded our own okay. stuff. And, uh, it was right at the time where record, you know, CDs and record sales and record companies were sort of changing where a lot of people started mm. to just go directly to the fans. So like we released it ourselves and we told, we set up a tour ourselves. Um, we, we okay. actually played a couple, we played a couple baseball stadiums. So it was pretty cool. Got, got kind of kind of regionally yeah. big. And, um, you know, I, I think once the band changed and, and, you know, obviously you start to grow and you get older, you have kids, so you can't tour the world unless you're, you know, Guns N' Roses. You don't necessarily have the money, you know, to be able to do that stuff. So I did it on my own, kept the sabbatical your name. And I had another, you know, a little bit of success, uh, had a residency in New York City um, with some of the tracks I sent you, released my own little album and, you know, was on the radio in the Northeast and, and was able to play places in, New York City and um, toured the Northeast and played in Philadelphia, which has ended up why I took the U Sciences job because I was like, oh, I thought Philadelphia was a cool town when I went and played music through it. So, um, okay. yeah, it's one of the things that, you know, unfortunately it, it didn't pay a bunch of money, but but because I was able to just put my, my focuses into it and make time for it, you know, now I can say – you know, when I was a kid and I, you know, dreamed of when I watched TV and, and saw Led Zeppelin and thought I would be would love to be a rock star, you know, in my own little way, I was able to carve out some time where I was able to play some live shows, release an album and kind of something you can always, you know, tell your kids or whatever and say, hey, it was pretty fun. You know, yeah. when you try to do it, you never yeah. know what can happen. And, you know, I always try to, yeah. try to do experiences like that are sort of priceless. 
So, yeah. Talking about Led Zeppelin, I many years ago, um, I actually remember reading an interview with Jimmy Page, and he he was they were asking him what bands to look out for, and his answer was Radiohead. And I'm oh, a big fan man. of Radiohead, and <laughs> and I see you you seem to be um, you seem to be a big fan of Radiohead too. Yeah, that's my favorite band uh, ever. Um, I just okay. sort of got into. I just sort of got into them. I don't really. Uh, somebody dropped uh, OK Computer in my lap one time and stuck it in my CD player, and I was that was it for me. I thought it was the coolest, most different thing I've ever heard. Um, and that, I that's when they were up, already changing a bit their music. I think. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they yeah. changed from like yeah. sort of like grunge or hardcore that rock, like alternative rock. Yeah, they changed to something different, something like. Yeah. Pink Floydy, Bowie, sort of, kind of a thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And just carried it from there. And yeah, I was. I'm pretty obsessed with them. When I was a kid, I spent a lot of money, you know, allowance money and and job money, working as a grocery store bagger, and and went and bought my tickets and saw them all over the nation. And then uh, through my writing, I actually was able to get. Uh, I wrote briefly when I was playing music. I wrote for one for a music magazine, and they actually foot the bill to send me to Europe to cover them um, in oh, Switzerland. Fantastic. Yeah. So I went to Switzerland and saw them live in like a, in like an enchanted forest in the middle of the Swiss Alps. <laughs> it felt like, okay. and nice. it was just obviously yeah. an experience like that. You can't even imagine. I actually saw they posted it during the pandemic with quarantine. They posted it on YouTube, like, Oh, you're staying in. Here's like something from the archives. And it was cool to rewatch it, you know, from a place I was. Mm. And I was, wow, what a cool experience, you know. But yeah, that's my band. I could, I could, I could go on and talk. They're like tennis to me. I could talk <laughs> about them for hours. Uh, is there any is is there any band or artist right now that you um, you? Uh, by the way, we, in, in my podcast, I try not to talk only tennis. Um, yeah. But is there any band that you also right now are listening to? Anything that's really or artist that you think is really good? This is going to make me sound like a super, super old guy, but like, honestly, I don't know that I've heard anything in maybe 10 years that I really liked, but, um, well, I think, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I yeah. like, I like a lot of the bands, like maybe, you know, same thing, Radiohead, they've continued to put out music, um, a lot of that stuff. Um, but I will say I like a band like I enjoy is, I don't know if you've ever heard real estate. Um, uh, I've heard of them. Yeah. They're yeah. a good band. I mean, they're still pretty active. Uh, obviously a guy like I think who sort of carried the ball a little bit as far as like uh, being able to make good songwriting but also like push the boundaries is Tame Impala uh, that's a solid solid guy there uh, Kevin Parker I think his name is um, he, he does Tame Impala who's like pretty popular I think he works with like with like pretty high level stars now um, I was a big Bonnie Vare fan I think he's a he's a really um yeah, I know. Yeah, I listen to him as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he helped like do the new Taylor Swift. So those guys are keeping their names out there because they're mm. just if you're a super talented songwriter, like you're always gonna shine through. So there definitely are a few. I don't listen to them as much, but um I kinda go you know, at a certain age you kinda go back to the well with your favorites. But yeah, I always check yeah. out a new Bonnie Vare, a new Tame Impala, Real Estate. Those are like three that I, I check out when they come out. I mean honestly, Ed O'Brien just released his first the guitarist from Radiohead and his album is awesome. Um, oh really? I must was, uh, must listen to that then. Yeah. Yeah, that was in like the last year, and I thought that was awesome. I love Ed O'Brien. He's a great, solid guitar player. So his his album is very cool. 
Okay, Nick, um, I don't want to keep you too long. I think we're, we're already going pretty long. So I'll, I'll skip to the second part where it's rapid fire. It's all oh, kinds of questions. If you can just keep it um, short or if you want to elaborate, you can elaborate. Uh, but, yeah, there's quite a few questions just to get to know you a bit. Um, okay. What's your very first memory of tennis? My very first memory of tennis was uh, um, was when Andre Agassi – uh, me paying attention to tennis was Andre Agassi and his clothes and his hair. I mean, that was that locked me in forever. Okay. Um, how did you start playing? Was it uh, a parent, a coach, or something like that? That uh, did you my, go to a group? My my uncle, uh, my uncle has been a New York City, a New York area tennis pro for probably fifty years. Uh, so he got me into it. Once really? he saw that I thought Agassi was cool, he was like. Let's start hitting some balls. Do you still play matches? Do you have time for that? Or I every once in a while, I I I, I pull up my my old man pants and I I'll beat one of the kids in like a tiebreaker. Uh, but honestly, like <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the competition. So necessary, like going and playing like on a USC, USTA over thirty five league, like doesn't excite me as much as like joking around with the kids and trying to get a you know, see if they can get a set off coach. So I do play some of the kids and sometimes they will just pummel me into the ground, which is to be expected. <laughs> um, define what type of player you are. If somebody doesn't, doesn't know you, has, hasn't seen you. I think it's the same thing I teach my kids as well. And what my program tries to do is like, we want to take destiny into our own hands. So we go for things, we gamble, we go for things. We want to be the dominant presence so we can say, Hey, I left it all out there on the table. It didn't work out for me, but at least, you know, I can feel feel good knowing that I, I tried my hardest and went for everything. Your best shot? Oh, inside out uh, forehand. Okay. Uh, did you have a tennis idol growing up? Maybe you Agassi. answered that already. Agassi. Agassi. And, yeah, I actually kind of got into Roddick. I thought, I thought he sort of did the same thing for a while. He was sort of like this big gun and, and, you know, you want to root on the Americans. So I, I sort of followed him as well. Um, did you have, um, no, sorry. Uh, currently any player, male or female that you really enjoy watching? Oh, I, I mean, I like actually watching Sophia Kennan, the U S player. Uh, uh, yeah. she just does a bunch of different things that are so fun to watch. Coco Goff, obviously she's 16 years old. She plays like a 26 year old grand slam champion. So she's going to be great. Um, you know, and on the, on the guy's side, I, I've coached players who have played alongside a lot of the young Americans. So guys like Taylor Fritz uh, and Riley Opelka are cool guys. I, I sort of, uh, have had experience with them. So it's fun to sort of back them a little bit. Um, but, okay. uh, I'm a, I'm a big time don't dominate team fan. Um, all in camp team. Okay. Uh, I, I think okay. when I tried that racket, I was like, Oh, what a cool looking racket that actually changed me from Wilson to Babala. So. Uh, I play the whole, I have the team racket and everything. I think all his stuff and his game is just fantastic. I think he's the next Nadal where he gives 1000% effort, which I love. Yeah. Um, the big free, um, if you have to list them from your favorite to least favorite, big free being Nadal, Djokovic, Federer. Yeah. Fed, Nadal, Djokovic, it would have to be, okay. um, you know, Federer's just, I mean, what can you say about him? And then you can't dislike Nadal because he works so hard. And um, although Djokovic is sort of a little bit uh, cheesy and wanting for 
attention. Uh, he is a good, I think he, at the, at the core of things, I think he's, he's got the best interests in mind. I think he just wishes maybe he was thought of in a, in a better way, but you can't control that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, best match that you have ever seen. It can be a junior, a college, a pro, any match. Gosh, the that's, one that's, that's super that hard. Um, that's <laughs> super hard. Um, I'll, I'll shout out, uh, I'll shout out to my guy, uh, Oscar Serra, fellow Italian. Um, I he, took him to player of the year, uh, last year at U sciences in the fall. Uh, he played his ITA just came over from Italy, um, played his first match at the, our ITAs were at the U S open site, Billy Jean King tennis center. And nobody knew who he okay. was. And he came out there and absolutely destroyed one of the top players in the draw and we literally, it was his first match I coached him in, and we, like, jumped into a hugging embrace, screaming after the match. So I think it, <laughs> okay. it really set, set the tone of what I bring to the table as a coach with, like, my enthusiasm and how much I care for a player's success. Okay. Uh, what's, your, what's the best tournament in the world or your favorite tournament? I mean, I, I've not been lucky enough to go to all of the uh, slams, but, I mean, the U.S. Open is – I think a lot of people would agree that it's definitely something that you have to see because it's just so different. Uh, again, I'm partial because I'm from New York. Uh, so I just think it's yeah. very, it's got a lot of New York city infused in how cool it is. Uh, so I think it's like tennis, but also like rock and roll and entertainment. And I think it's definitely has to be seen to be believed in person. Okay. Yeah. I have to still, I'd love to do that. Yeah, um, your one. favorite uh, court or surface. I mean, is there I, what's your favorite surface i mean i've played like any american i played so much on hard i do have to say i just moved out here and found a court in jersey that was grass this is only my second time playing on grass i think grass is so fun to play on because you have to be completely all over the ball because it jumps up so quickly off of you uh so i think that's okay. fun i think that's the most fun but I, a hard court i think you know it, it it for an american tennis player like that's where your game is sort of honed so you're very used to it um, I, 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 I see from your Twitter that you, you are, I don't know if you say sponsored or, or what, by Babolat and, and Fila. But one of my questions is, uh, all-time favorite racket. Oops. Sorry, Babolat. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, the Sampras Pro Staff, baby. Wilson Sampras okay. Pro Staff. That thing is an absolute <laughs> tank of a tennis racket. I think... <laughs> I think anybody who's ever played with that thing knows that it's the Excalibur of tennis rackets. What, what strings uh, and tension do you use? Oh, I just said this on the, on the Twitter the other day, but uh, RPM blast for life. That's, that's the Nadal okay. and the, and the team string. Um, and then I have to shout out the secret to us old coaches uh, and yeah. old players still being able to play at a high level with the young kids is I string at 40. <laughs> wow wow well I, i'm going down as well i've i've, yeah. I've gone down to to 46 and i'm thinking to go lower but yeah oh you're loving so. it see once you go into the yeah. 40s you never go back i'll tell you back. <laughs> okay. i'll let you know um uh is there is there a tennis club that uh you've been to that really stands out like your favorite club that you've ever been to? Ooh, that's a super tough one. Um, 
I mean, I was lucky enough to train for a little while and coach for a brief period at IMG Tennis Academy. In my opinion, if you're a tennis fan, it is the Disney world of tennis. Like, there's just it's the coolest place. It's got the best coaches, the best players. One of my personal heroes in tennis is Nick Bollettieri. I think he's the best best coach to ever do it. Um, I think he he sort of taps on something that's not necessarily all it, X's and O's. Sometimes it's about the heart and about the head and just wanting it more. And I think that's what mm-hmm. helped Axie and that's what drives that academy. And it, I, to me, that's like my place. I absolutely love it. Okay. Um, this one's a bit different. You have to book a restaurant and you can only invite free players. It can be male, female on of any era. Uh, which restaurant and, and which players? This is this is going to be reasonably easy, maybe easier than it should be. But my favorite okay. restaurant as a kid is a Italian restaurant called Borelli's on Long Island, New York. Um, okay. That's my favorite. Is that where restaurant. you're from? Uh, yeah, I lived there for probably the longest when I was a kid. I moved around a lot, but that was where it was right next to, if you know hockey, the Islanders Coliseum. Um, so it's right there. Okay. Yep, and uh, so that would be the restaurant. I've been going there since my first birthday. Um, And I would have to pick – I would have to pick – I would have to pick Agassi. I think he's a cool guy. Uh, I would have to pick maybe Serena Williams. I think her story and what she's overcome and becoming a mom and playing and just her whole deal has been so obviously inspiring for – so many people uh she'd have to be there um and then um gosh you know what uh right now my newest international player theo borgel is sitting in a dorm in a jersey city university <laughs> waiting on breakfast so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him because i know he needs to be well fed <laughs> well he'll, he'll be he'll be uh very impressed <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 who's gonna pick up the bill um, oh, coach has got to pick up the bill. Coach has got to pick up. Is the bill. it? You're not gonna like push it? No. Nope. A good host. Okay. A good host has got. I think you got to pick up the bill. I think you know <laughs> if you're picking the restaurant, you got to pick the bill up. <laughs> um, do Do you like cooking? I do. I do consider my. I don't consider myself a great all around chef, but I do consider myself arguably the best Italian food chef outside of Italy. <laughs> okay wow uh, my, just, my specialty that's... my specialty is eggplant and meatballs so get at me if you want to have a chef throwdown i'll take anybody on okay i must try that parmigiana very nice um do, do you have a favorite pizza oh gotta go um gotta go marguerite or or grandma uh the square just you know, you got to make it good okay. with just cheese and sauce. If you can't do it with that, you're not doing it okay. right anyway. Got to have the base. So the, the, the traditional. Okay. Traditional, yep. Traditional. And there must be a lot of good – well, I've been there a few times. There's a lot of good pizza places um, where you're from and in around that, that area. Yeah, yeah well, you're, pizza, you're a big time – you're a bigger pizza expert than <laughs> I am, you know? <laughs> You've got your own yeah, pizza store, uh, <laughs> restaurant going on, so you know you're the expert, yeah. but – yeah, you know, yeah. I would say when you, when you come to visit us or take kick in a match in Jersey City, you have to bring your recipe because there's tons of <laughs> places here. I'll do that. You stack up. I do. <laughs> okay. Um, are you more a tea or a coffee guy? Oh, that's tough. 
I'm an espresso guy. I like tea, but I don't really like Americana, like regular, just old fashioned coffee. I'm an espresso, double shot espresso. So all right, that's my go-to. Um, favorite movie if you have one. Oh man. Um, let me say, uh, let me say, anything by Stanley Kubrick. I'm big, big Kubrick fan. Also, a big Scorsese fan. I actually just rewatched The Irishman, which a lot of people don't rewatch, but big Scorsese, Uh, big, uh, big. I um, I was a bit. I'm a huge Scorsese fan as well, but I, I don't know. I have to rewatch The Irishman because it. It didn't convince me the first time. Give it a rewatch. I agree with you. I think the same thing as you. I gave it a rewatch. I had nothing to do um, over a weekend, and uh, the kids were asleep, so I broke it up in naps and <laughs> broke it up. Maybe let's try it that way. Do it an hour at a time. <laughs> an hour at a time. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any hobbies that are a bit unique? Or, or, or what? Do you have any hobbies that are, are quite uh, different? I I collect tennis shoes. Um, oh, you know, okay. I, I'm a big shoe, like a sneaker person. I love them. Um, and so oh. with being sponsored, but also like loving the Agassi shoes when I was a kid. This is the part of the interview where the tornado warning happened and we got cut off. Uh, no worries. Coach Nick um, still alive and we continued the following day. So the end of the interview is to is following right now. Nick? Hello, how are you doing? Ah, fine, fine, thanks. We're back. How, how, how was, um, are you uh, still alive? How was the tornado? <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking to you from the afterlife right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All of a sudden, we we're talking, it was like sunny. Uh, I live on the beach. Uh, it was like real sunny, and then it's got like a little darker, and then I heard a tornado siren. The thing cut off, okay. and then it was just all hell broke loose. So it was weird. It happens like that on the coast, you know. Is, is that is that quite normal there? It, it I, I've lived on like coastline before, and I feel like it's like that a lot of places. But since I've I, I just moved here, obviously to get the job, um, to come to Jersey. So okay. since I've been here, we've already had a hurricane and a tornado, and I've lived here for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. So, all okay. right. Well, well, thanks for being back. We, we, we were, we had like, like in a tennis match, it, it was a, a really great interview with momentum. And then there was like a, a, a sudden drop shot and everything went, <laughs> went, went bad. But no, I'm joking. But uh, no, it was, was really good. Um, you, you know, um, one thing I forgot to ask you uh, also, since you are, um, uh, well, you know, close to New York City, is with the US Open um, just around the corner. Um, what's your thoughts? Do you, who do you think is going to to to? Who's your favorite, men's and women? Um, I really, I I went, I sort of went on the record with everybody I knew and said this last year, and I was slightly late. I thought last year was going to be uh, uh, teams breakthrough, but I really think he's going to win uh, the U.S. Open on the guys' side. Okay. Um, okay. And I think I I think uh, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go for. Uh, if not, if not Sophia Kennan to continue her dominance, I really think Kim Kleisters is going to just destroy everybody. Okay. Well, that I well, mean, yeah that that would be that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she plays the game. There's a reason she she's not just you know deciding willy nilly to come back at her retirement. 
her game yeah. is still so much better. Like the, her, just her, the definitive style of her game and her dominant sort of prowess. Like, uh, you know, I, I can go in a lot about coaching women and like, I feel like a lot of people waste the chance for so many talented women and they just sort of make them hit the same ball back and forth a million times. And I think you saw, hmm. if anybody watched world team tennis, Kleisters went in there as a, you know, a twice yeah. retired mom of almost 40 and just absolutely bludgeoned these these players. And I think that's still, really going to happen. She still hits a, uh, sorry, she, she still hits a big, big uh, forehand. Oh, absolutely I, I saw, yeah. giant. Yeah. And she's got, yeah. and, she, and she's got the pure drive, which is, I'm sure, strung down, which is what all old people do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's, it's a bomb. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we finished yesterday. We, we, we're towards the end of the, the rapid fire. I, I think you were talking about one of your weird um, hobbies is to collect tennis shoes. Um, yeah. I think we Good sort deal. of got cut off there. Uh, any tennis shoe that uh, – which any favorite pair there? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Agassi, like the air, the, the challenges that I think everybody remembers, the first really cool shoe. Uh, I love those. Um but like the forever, the air, the Nike Air oscillates, which is what Sampras wore forever, uh, and then uh, Fed picked up for a little while. Um, the uh, honestly, the new the Curio. I didn't talk enough about my guy Nick Curios, but shout out to his um, his shoe crossover with Kyrie Irving. Those shoes are fantastic. The, yeah. those are the yeah, uh, I the, see those. Yeah, those yeah. are awesome. And then I mean, one of the coolest ones I have not yet been able to to decide to part my money with is the, when they did the air Jordan Federer crossover, like at the U S open a few years ago. Um, I think you okay. can buy those like a thousand dollars online. So I haven't really pulled that trigger yet, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I just, I'm pretty, pretty obsessed with it. The new, and they just came out with the new, like basically to revamp the Agassi line and they gave the shoes to TFO. So he'll have those on for us open. Those are pretty cool. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I saw. I actually saw that. They they look very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um another question here: We um, are you superstitious? Oh gosh, that's a yeah. I mean, I guess I have to say that I am. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. You know, I sometimes I, I would like to think no, but then I think like I uh, I I only play uh, tennis balls like if I have a choice if I'm going through. Uh, with, that are fours, so like pen fours or Babylon fours. I only play fours. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so that's obviously a super right. weird superstition right there. Um, okay. Uh, and I, I mean, I still, I don't know if it's a superstition, but I still do the old school rubber band uh, vibration dampener. I don't do new vibration dampeners. I do the old school rubber band. Uh, oh, with the, with the rubber band, yeah. Okay. Can't, can't beat that, man. You know, you know you're an old hacker if you got that going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, apart from the U.S., uh, your your country is there a favorite country that you like to visit? I mean, it, uh, Italy. I've probably gone to more more times than any. Um, so, okay. I, I, obviously, it's the most pretty much the most arguably the most fantastic country. There's you know there's coast, there's history, there's all kinds of great stuff. I'm also a huge fan. Um, Huge, huge fan after visiting for the first time a couple of years ago of Belgium. Um, so that's, oh, yeah. that's a little bit of a random one that I just absolutely adored that country. So well, I'll probably be yeah, back there me, one day. Yeah, I, I went there a long time ago and also I really, really enjoyed it, especially the the 
Brussels, uh, everyone, there's a lot of cafes and beer yeah. and people eating outside. Yeah. I really enjoyed and it. The, yeah. the people are just have a real cool disposition, a very, very chilled out disposition and very smart yeah. and very interesting people uh, for such a small country. So I, I, uh, I really enjoyed yeah. that. I've never gotten down to, you know, your sort of area. I hope to do that uh, uh, at one point. Um, those seem like some countries that I would I would really get into. But I think maybe for yeah. us, at least in America, that's a pretty long uh, travel. Yeah. You know, to, so yeah, I think no, that's right. You have to really plan it because it, uh, it is quite a uh, quite, uh, – there is a direct flight, New York, Cape Town, but it's, um, it's a long one. <laughs> what has yeah. that, that got to be? How, how long is that? Oh, I think, and and you stop over on the sorry on the west coast of Africa somewhere. So you're looking, I think, about sixteen hours yeah, in the that's, plane. That's without stopovers that's, and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big time. That's like you're yeah. taking basically for jet lag. Like that's like four days of time just to like get yeah. over getting there. And, so. and I did that, and believe it or not, I did that with my wife and my three month old baby. So uh, <laughs> many <Yeah>. years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, man. yeah. My um, my my baby's my first kids. Her first uh, trip overseas. Her first uh, travel was overseas as well. And the and as soon as we got on the, you know, obviously, you, you, I'm sure you know, you're so anxious. You got, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You have a little baby, and as soon as yeah. we got on the plane and sat down, she threw up on the guy next to us. <laughs> fantastic all right i was like knock that out of the way it can't go anywhere than this <laughs> yeah no no that's a good way to uh to to free a bit of space as well that's right, that's awesome. You're right. yeah um that last last few questions do you, do you think tennis is the most difficult sport in the world or do you think there's other sports that are just as difficult um I don't. I I think it's extremely extremely difficult. Um, I'm of the like I said. I'm I'm an American, so I'm, I've been more also into American sports my whole life. Um, but I am of the I am of the opinion that the hardest thing to do in all of sport is to hit a baseball uh, at a professional okay. level. Um, so it's ironic because also guys just sit and drink beer and get fat when they're not doing that. So there's like no aerobic <laughs> part of baseball. However, to hit a you know a, a moving ninety five mile an hour pitch is nearly impossible to do. Um, okay. I was I was like a pretty good baseball player and I walked on in college and I was like pretty good in high school and I could not once the ball got faster than eighty miles an hour I literally never hit the ball again. So I couldn't even oh, imagine man. twenty miles an hour more than that like how you could do it. But I will say yeah. that because of this five set format, the amount of of training that has to go into it. Yeah, how hard you have to hit the ball, all that stuff. Like, I mean, I would say it's like, you know, it's like playing soccer with a tennis racket. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's very, very, yeah. it's at the very top of, uh, of, of the hardest sports to play. So I would say it's very close. Okay. okay. And 30 years from now, uh, let's say it's 2050. Do you think tennis will look very different to what it is now? Well, you're assuming that we survive 2020, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but, we, uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't want to end or come to the end on a negative kind of thing, but I feel like with the way <laughs> the world is changing, uh, nobody yeah. has time for anything. Nobody has attention spans. I honestly feel like in 30 years, 
tennis is going to be two guys in a tiny room. It's going to last 15, 15 minutes and <laughs> that's it. You know, I, I feel uh, like yeah. it's probably going to look a lot more like ping pong maybe. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, you yeah, know, yeah. you follow that UTS that Patrick Muratalu did and that thing is the yeah. most egregious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I actually talked about these things and I'm a bit more, I mean, I'm traditional, but I'm also a bit more open-minded, but uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it now because it, it will take a long time. But right. after watching that, maybe because there was no tennis to watch, I watched a lot of that. And um, I don't know, towards the end, I was kind of, there was a few things that I really enjoyed. But anyway, that's, um, yeah, that's another discussion. Right, I think some changes have have been good and need to come, but like as far as like you know turning the match into four games and whoever that's not even the same sport, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's just my opinion. Um, last thing, uh, I do a super tie break. Ten questions, well, ten uh, choices. Uh, the perfect all-time player. You can choose again any era, male, female. Um, the serve. Oh man, um, I mean to be, to, gosh, you you'd almost pick Federer for every one of these, but um, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sampras. Sampras, the return. Uh, Agassi. Forehand. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna get real wild here and go Robin Soderling. Wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, okay. hey it, beat, it beat the best. It beat the best ever player on a surface ever. You know. Okay, on on uh, you mean Nadal? Yeah, yeah. That thing okay. is an absolute bomb. That that forehand he's got. It's unfortunate what happened to him health wise. Um, backhand. Uh, I'm gonna have to say. Um, I'm gonna have to say Vavrinka. Okay. Uh, volley. Fed. Uh, drop shot. Nick, curious. Yeah. Uh, movement. Probably Djokovic. Djokovic. Mentality. Djokovic also. That guy's an absolute, uh, absolute jail cell of a mental game. He doesn't play <laughs> around. Um, touch, feel, touch. Uh, Federer for sure. Yeah. And all-round sort of court personality? Uh, you mean like game or like? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean like personality, not on off the court, like on the court, how they are, even though you can't really, yeah. yeah. If, um, yeah. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess I, I might say um, Guga Kirton. I mean, he was the most fun dude. Uh, he was just a super yeah. fun guy to watch. He enjoyed it so much, and he loved the fans, and he loved winning, and uh, he, he was a great guy, I think, to, to watch, and, and nobody ever said a bad word about that guy, so I think that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I, I loved him as well. Um, Nick, we've, we've finished, and I finish off with a question which I actually um, sort of stole from a, a famous Italian interviewer. And it doesn't have to be personal, but another one, can... a different one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, 
um, ask yourself a question. It can be any question, uh, not tennis, any question. Ask yourself a question and answer it. Oh, uh, ask myself a question and answer it. Um, <laughs> uh, you doesn't know, have to uh, be too deep either. You know, okay. Uh, you know, how about, yeah. wh- how about wh- where do we go from here? And the answer is the only way to go is up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that's it, Nick. Um, I, I think we, we, we talked a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, as I said, I really enjoy also following you. And it, it was a great talk. And um, uh, yeah, uh, I think you, you seem to be a, a great person and a great personality as well. So uh, I'm sure your teams, um, you know, you create great teams, tennis teams. And um, um, so, yeah. And I'm who gonna, knows, maybe, yeah, sorry. No, I, I appreciate it. That's super, super nice yeah. uh, to hear those things. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. I uh, enjoyed having, um, you know, this time with you to talk and talk about NJCU and some of that stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. like, I when I, work, when I recruit, I tell my kids, um, I think if you talk to me for 45 minutes, you get a pretty good idea about who I am. And then also like what, how I cultivate a team. And like, you know, last night, uh, we had two, my first two French guys, international guys come over to NJCU. We were hanging out, uh, in the dorms, social distancing at 2 AM last night, you know, uh, just trying to okay. make sure everyone was comfortable. I bought the kids, uh, sheets cause they couldn't carry them and, Try to make it a family and try to all have a good experience. And you're right. That's exactly well yeah. said. That's what I try to do okay. uh, with my teams and with, with my coaching. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks again. And, um, yeah, have, have, have a great day, rest of the day. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, look forward to seeing this and, and, and hearing it online. And, again, uh, following you. And, and anytime you have any more questions or have anything else like this, I'd love to join. Um, but I will see you on the Internet. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Take it easy. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. <clears throat>